Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. It's a raucous crowd here tonight at our service. They just want to keep visiting and enjoying one another's company. So we'll just wait a while <laughs> to start. I don't know. Such authority I have and command. You're only the pastor. Good evening, everybody. It is a pleasure to welcome everyone to our evening worship service here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. Welcome, one and all. Those of you who are here in our activity center, and welcome one and all, those of you who are joining us online tonight. Thank you for joining us from your home and for worshiping God with us here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. If you are worshiping at home, then you can find the bulletin for tonight's service on the church website. You'll be able to go there and download it. You'll see the lyrics to all the uh, songs that we're singing, and you'll see the different elements of worship as we move through the service, the scripture, as well as the music. And so I invite you, if you're worshiping at home, to download the service, and we'll all worship God together this evening. So again, welcome, one and all. I do invite you to sign uh, the friendship pad that's online if you're worshiping with us at home. There is a place on our website you can go and click on the tab, and it's a friendship pad. It just helps us know who's worshiping with us. We love seeing the names of those who register there, whether you're a church member or a visitor. It's always good to see those names, and we, we look through and we pray through those names every week. So I invite you to sign the online friendship pad if you're worshiping with us at home this evening. Friends, we've heard about the uh, uh, Nakomi uh, presentation. We know that Nakomi's gonna happen this year, and so we're excited about that. Even in a pandemic year, we're on the, the verge of moving past the COVID, we hope very soon, but we're excited for the number of folks we've had sign up for Nakomi, and there is a registration place now uh, on the church website, and people can go there and they can register and sign up for that. And you can uh, uh, let us know that you're coming. It's going to be a great weekend, as always. It's the very end of April, first two days of May. And so please do sign up for Nakomi this year. Register for you and your family. And it's an all-churchwide, all-age event. And it's going to be really special this year. So we invite everybody to please do sign up for Nakomi. Friends, those are all of our announcements. I invite you to join me in prayer as we start our time of worship. Let us pray. Gracious God, we come before you this evening knowing that you are a good and holy God. And so we offer our lives up in this time now of worship. But we're grateful for all that you have done for us. And so we come to praise your name. We come to glorify you. And we come to join our hearts together as fellow followers of Christ as we seek to love you and to love each other. And so we pray, O oh God, for your Holy Spirit now to descend upon this room, descend upon this place. And in all that we say, all that we sing, all that we do, O oh God, may you be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's good to see everybody here, and it's good to be here tonight. The first song that we're going to sing is called This is Amazing Grace. And a little fun fact about this song, um, I remember singing it when I was in seventh grade at a youth retreat. And it was like the first time I remember being wrecked by the Lord in the most wonderful way. It was the first time that I cried in a gathered worship setting. Um, and as you should, because when you think about, when you really think about what Jesus has done and who he is, it leaves you undone. 
And it's not old news. This is the most incredible thing that has ever happened to us and ever will. So I invite you to rise and join us in singing This Is Amazing Grace.
next song we're going to sing is called Amazing Love. Um, there's a line in there that says, uh, Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Not many kings die for their people. In fact, it's mostly the other way around. So it is amazing. Let's sing about that. Love, how can it be? 
funny our sister shared at the beginning that the first song was really the first song that wrecked her uh when she was in seventh grade uh, and that last song was the first song that wrecked me when i was in middle school i never cried to a song before i grew up in a um, pretty formal church context and uh that song right there just gets me teary every time thank you so much fan thank you so much team Welcome to all of you who are joining us at home. I'm Mike. I'm the new guy. Uh, I am the newest pastor on staff here at Germantown Presbyterian Church, and it is so good to be with you and good to be with all of you who are here present tonight. The scripture passage that we're going to meditate on for a few minutes tonight is taken from the book of Ephesians. It's in the second chapter, and it starts with the first verse. So hear these words. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work among those who were disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath like everybody else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that... In the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. 
This isn't your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works so that nobody may boast. For we are what he's made us. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. Not entirely sure, but if I were to wager to guess, I would think that would be the absolute worst opening line of the first sermon for a pastor in their new church ever. When Pastor Will asked me eight to nine weeks ago if I would preach this passage, I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I cracked open my Bible and looked at the first three verses, and my heart kind of sank just a little bit. I thought, Am I being hazed? I've been to college. I can take my licks, but wow, this is some strong stuff. It sounds heavy, and can we be honest? It kind of sounds hateful in the beginning. It sounds a lot like a person I once knew named Brother Micah. So, A few years ago, Francesca and I, we met in college, and we went to college in Orlando, Florida, at this school called the University of Central Florida. And UCF is designed by the same people who designed Disney. So the whole campus is in concentric circles that wrap around, and you can walk anywhere in the campus in 15 minutes. But at the beating heart of campus is this reflection pond, And on one end is the big, shiny administration building, so you all knew who was boss. But on the other side of the reflection pond was the library. And that's where we spent a lot of time. And almost every day, there was a guy posted up between the library and the reflection pond named Brother Micah. Brother Micah wore this, I call it a sombrero, one of the sombreros, this big, flat, wicker hat with Hawaiian t-shirts and flip-flops. And you could always hear Brother Micah a mile away because he would beat on his Bible and yell at students as they walked by. One of my good friends, we were actually talking about this just a few days ago. She said she was walking by with her boyfriend and he called them fornicators because they were holding hands together. He would call anybody who wore Greek letters like if they were in a sorority or a fraternity heathens Pretty much threw that one around to everybody who walked by him. But to him, that was Christianity. That was the gospel. That was what it was like to follow Jesus. Kind of sounds a lot like the opening three verses of the passage that we just heard. It's not exactly a cheerful message that grabs you and entices you to come and stop and listen. Quite the opposite. But then you listen a little further to Paul, and you realize that's actually not what he's saying at all. He's actually trying to tell us something completely different. But you got to understand that Paul, 
He's talking to people, not strangers that are trying to go to their gen ed first year classes. He's talking to people that he knows, people that he loved, people who recently had given their lives to follow Jesus. And they were actually going through a really tough time. They committed themselves to following Jesus, but at that time, a Christian was just a fringe Jewish sect. And a lot of these people, most of these people, were not Jewish. So they were going to church, and it didn't feel the same. It didn't feel like church anymore. It didn't feel like home. Because home for them was a temple with other gods. Probably some of them lost their jobs because word got out that they lost their minds and found a different religion. Definitely some of them were feeling distant from family and from friends who could not understand why someone would drop everything to follow a dead guy named Jesus. Paul is speaking to people who are feeling disoriented, confused, lonely, displaced. They felt stuck. To say that we know what it feels like to feel those things is probably a ridiculously profound understatement. I mean, look at us. We're literally worshiping in a gym right now because the place that we used to worship in went through a catastrophe. We are literally displaced where we're worshiping right now. But setting aside big things like COVID and politics and natural disasters like bursting pipes and a fluke winter storm, we all know what it's like to get so wrapped around the axles of life that you start to kind of lose sight of what matters. You're burning the candle at both ends at work, just trying to get the project done at the office, and every day is just another 24 hours that you have to blitz through to get it done. And then you forgot about the birthday or the anniversary or at the very least the chicken that you were supposed to pick up on your way home from work. You're doing your best to be a decent person, but deep friendships building a community, maybe even a love life, dare we say, is hard. And you wonder when is your time to feel whole and loved. Or maybe you're one of the lucky ones who's got everything seemingly okay. But you never want to admit to others or even yourself how aimless and dissatisfied you still feel in a life that looks pretty great on the outside. It feels weird. How could we not feel stuck sometimes? A little over three weeks ago, Pastor Will and I were exchanging a text message about getting together at the church to grab a bite to eat somewhere and to get to know each other a little better. My wife, Francesca, and I had just moved, and we thought we had moved away from cold weather. The night before, it snowed eight inches in Memphis, Tennessee. 
That's like getting frost in Florida. It just doesn't happen, and if it does, you don't know what to do about it. Well, more snow was on the way, and so were colder temperatures. But I was still pre feeling pretty confident that I could make it to the church that morning. My Buick was loaded down with about 200 pounds of books that nobody would care to buy or steal, frankly, for that matter. I had lived in Indiana for four years, so I knew something. I thought I knew something about driving in cold weather. And for four years before that, I lived in New Jersey. So I definitely learned how to drive in cold weather with crazy people. I thought, we're fine. So I get to the church, and I pull into the back parking lot on Arthur Road. And I look out, and the parking lot is pristine. I mean, nobody has touched it. And it is just ripe for donuts. It's just perfect. I mean, it, you just want to mess it up. It's just, or at least fall in your face and make a snow angel something. But like a good clergyman, I resisted temptation and decided to pull around to the front of the building to meet my new boss for lunch. So as I pull around, I got about 90% of the way up the hill. There's actually a car perched on top, and I got about 20 feet from the bumper, and my tires started to spin. And I thought, it's okay, gravity's our friend. So I backed up the car all the way down the hill, a little further back, gunned it, tried to hit that hill with enough momentum, and still spun the tires in the same spot. So plan C became backtracking through the heart of the parking lot, through the deepest snowy and also ice layer beneath that snow part of the parking lot. I literally got in the most visible space, the most embarrassing place that you can imagine for someone to get stuck. And try as I might, I got embarrassingly, royally stuck about 10 minutes before I was supposed to meet Pastor Will for lunch. I tried everything, put it in reverse, put it in forward, try to get that rocking motion to kind of, you know, do what you got to do to get out of a situation. No, I just made that eye slicker and slicker. And after 15 minutes, I gave up. I prayed, dear Lord, let Will not see me right now. And I'm just going to let this car go and hope that when I come back, something will change. And as I was giving up, I looked, and I saw a muddy truck driving towards me off of the front entrance at Germantown Road. And the man who stepped out was about my age with a big old lip of dip and a big southern accent. And at first, the two of us seemed like very different people, very different. But as we got to talking, I learned that this man was driving to take his wife to lunch. He said his wife had been working herself off her feet during COVID. She was a nurse at a nearby hospital. And normally he wouldn't have the opportunity to do this sweet thing for his sweet one, but he had some time because he was recently let go from his job. 
He worked, he said, very proudly as a lineman. And he got let go not because the times were tough or the economy was bad, but he got let go because of something else. You see, this man who looked similar to me, same complexion, happened to be married to someone of a different complexion. And when he went to this job, his boss and his co-workers didn't respect that. And so they very quickly started to make flippant and dehumanizing remarks about people of color. And this man wouldn't stand for it because he was talking about his wife and his children. And that only went on for so long until he got a phone call that said his services were no longer required. He paid the price for standing up in love for others. Here was a guy between jobs, married to someone who didn't look like him. Turns out, the two of us actually had a lot in common. But once this unsung hero got my holier-than-thou hind end out of the rut that I had created for myself, I asked him at the top of the hill, so what has gotten you through all of this? And he said, without missing a beat, I've got Jesus. And I know in my heart that I got fired for doing the right thing. So the Lord's going to take care of me and my family. And as he pulled out of the driveway, I just sat there, stunned. It's one of those God moments where you know the Lord's speaking to you, but you haven't really deciphered the message just yet. And then I cracked open these words again and realized this stranger, this brother of mine I'd never met before, was the living, breathing embodiment of what Paul is saying to us tonight. He's saying, listen, all of us find ourselves in ruts sometimes, whether it's caused by circumstances within our control or totally out of our control. We all get stuck. And if we stay too long in that place of disorientation and displacement and we resign ourselves to that, our hearts begin to atrophy and they grow cold towards the very people and the Savior that fill our lives with meaning and purpose. But God, as verse 4 famously says, but God, but Jesus steps in in ways that we can't predict or can't drum up for ourselves. And he reminds us that our life in him is far more durable than the whims of our highs and lows will preach to us. Because we've got this unique relationship with God that's called a covenant. And as we've been learning, Brother John did an amazing job last week. It's not a contract. It is not this mutually beneficial agreement that we sign on the dotted line in blood or ink, whatever. Jesus didn't die for the chance of a maybe that you would have enough willpower, enough strength to never mess up because we do daily. 
And this is not a bargain. Because all that we know is that we're broken people too, amongst many other things. And because we have this relationship with Jesus that's not dependent on our energy, on our faithfulness to keep the train running, this covenant that we were created for by the grace of God, when we're stuck in a low rut, it is by the goodness of God that our relationship with him remains intact. No matter how distant, no matter how cold, no matter the last time you cracked open a Bible or went to a church or said a prayer or did this whole thing, there is nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And in this life that we have in Christ that's not defined by how strong or successful or beautiful or influential or smart we are or at least seem to be, This life, first and foremost, isn't of our own making. It is the gift, not a gift. The passage is very clear. It is the gift of God. You see it every time a stranger pulls another stranger out of a rut that they've created for themselves. You see it every moment someone says good morning or good evening. And a smile creases across the other person's face because they realize, I just met a sister or a brother for the first time. You sense it moving in a phone call to a friend that you love, but it's been a minute since the last time you connected. Through kindness, Paul says, the favor and the love of God shakes and pulls us out of the ruts that we find ourselves in. The only way to find our footing in this life is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul reminds us that we are not just people. We're not just broken. We're not just sinners. We are a resurrection people. No one goes through resurrection without first experiencing Loneliness, displacement, disorientation, confusion, a coldness of heart that can't be resurrected or enlivened or warmed on its own. But hear Paul's words tonight as a word of encouragement to you. In Christ, all death is transformed. All loneliness, all displacement, all tires that are spinning in a parking lot, transformed into a new beginning that changes us to be the people that Christ went to hell and back again for us to be. So wherever you feel stuck, know with confidence that there is more going on that meets the eye. And remember that nothing, not COVID, not snow, not humidity, not bursting pipes, not death, not family reunions that fall apart, not cable or internet that glitches, not life, angels, demons, death, nothing in all the world can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.
as God has spoken to us tonight. And as we prepare our hearts to continue to worship him, would you pray with me? Spirit, we thank you. We thank you because we know that you are present. Not as an outside force, but as the very beat of our hearts. Nearer to us than the breath on our lips. And so we invite you, Spirit, to keep speaking. Keep creating in us the new life that you are already bringing about in this beautiful world. And empower us, Lord, to find our footing by walking in your footsteps. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing uh, How Deep the Father's Love. And in this song, it's talking about the story of, it just goes through the story of how God sent his only son to die on the cross for us to pay um, the price that, and die the death that we deserved. Um, so I just invite you to sing um, just with thankfulness and um, just knowing that you are so deeply loved by the Father. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure how great the pain i'm sealing lost the father turns his face away has wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory Sin that 
Please be seated. We come to this time of our service each week where we have a chance to make an offering, and we remind ourselves that an offering really is a response. It's a response out of gratitude from us to God for what God has done for us. And so we give to support the work of the church. And I'll remind all those of you who are uh, worshiping with us on site tonight that you can give an offering as you pass through the gauntlet strategically placed where you cannot leave without passing by an offering plate. And if you're worshiping online with us, then there are lots of ways you can give electronically by going to the church website, or you can certainly uh, mail in your support as well. So we're grateful for everybody's support for GPC and for this evening worship and for all that we can do in the world in God's name. And so we'll dedicate our offering as we dedicate ourselves to God's service in our world at large. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we come before you this evening, and we are grateful for this particular day, O oh God, that we have enjoyed. Lord, we have seen the beauty of this day. We've seen the splendor of each flower that blooms. Lord, we think about how you, uh, you talked about the lilies of the field and how they were splendored even greater than Solomon in all of his robes. And so we're grateful, O oh God, for the beauty of the world around us as, and for you as the maker and the creator of everything we survey in this beautiful spring season. Thank you for the gift of creation, for creating each one of us in your image. Lord, as we dedicate this offering, we dedicate ourselves to serving all those others around us, also created in your image. And so we lift up all of them, Lord. We lift up people who are close to us, who are on our minds and are in our hearts because they are suffering in one way or another today. We lift up also those who are fighting so hard on the medical front with COVID and with so many other maladies. Lord, we do pray for the physical and the mental well-being of all those frontline workers. We think about all those people who have a vocation and a calling from you to serve other people and to help other people. In particular, we think about doctors and nurses. We think about firefighters, we think about our police workers, we think about all those, oh God, who each and every day are sacrificing for our sake. And so we lift them up to you, Lord. We think especially of those who are working so hard to vaccinate others and to end this pandemic as soon as possible. We pray for their health and we pray for their, well, their well-being. Lord, on this night also, we lift up to you those who will be going back to school in the classroom, some this very week for the first time. And so we pray for them. We pray that you would be with all teachers, be with all students. Lord, bless those little minds and those little hearts. Lord, bless those minds that are ready to soak up and absorb knowledge. We pray, O oh God, that you would protect them and keep them and their teachers and all their schools, Lord, very safe. Lord, we lift up to you all of these prayers. We know that so many of them have gone unspoken, but you know the prayers of our hearts. And we pray, for the, the, we pray now, O oh God, in the same way that Jesus taught us to pray. And we lift up our many voices into one, O oh God. We pray his prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation. And deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
please stand and sing with me. We're going to sing one more song. Such a great message. That was awesome. Um, being from Arizona, I too many times got stuck in the snow. A lot. Um, but that passage, but God, I, that was the thing that brought me to the altar way back when. Somebody told me once that when you use the word but in a sentence, it disregards everything before it. So I, am. I would love to come see your kids violin recital, but I don't want to do that. You know? And same with here. We were dead in our sins and our trespasses. But God is so great. Thank you for that. Let's sing about it.
wisdom would say that if you haven't met someone for the first time, you probably don't know them too well. That's true in part, but actually scripture tells us we know each other really well. We've never met, but we know that we're people of love, joy, peace, patience, the whole list. And just because you haven't met someone yet doesn't necessarily mean that you don't know them. Because the presence of God, the goodness of God that has given you life, is also breathing life into them too. So go find your footing in the feet of Jesus Christ. Go. May the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each of you, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Thank you.